Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God made you to be on your journey of following Jesus, which makes you more like Him, which ultimately makes you the best you. I'm pretty excited about today's content, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. All right. Well, today we're diving into what the art of being you is even. I mean, where does it come from and how do you actually do that? And we're also going to cover in today's episode, how do you figure out who you are? And more importantly, how do you say no to who you're not? So that's what's on the docket for today. Let's get to it. When I had the idea to start this podcast, I have to be honest, it came about A few years ago, really, when I started writing a book that I have no idea what I'm going to do with. It's not totally done yet. I'm considering maybe self-publishing. But the book was really about my journey of learning how to thrive. And essentially what happened to me was I had been um, in ministry, doing youth ministry with my husband for quite some time. And I came to the point where I just sort of came to the end of myself And it really was like a burnout. And um, I was pregnant with my third child. And honestly, all the things I thought that ministry was going to do in my heart and, you know, the fulfillment I was going to get from that, it just was sort of non-existent. And I've always enjoyed investing in people and leading people. And I've always felt like my calling in life was ministry. But um, in the context of where we were serving and just that season of life for me, it was really difficult. And so I came to the end of myself at a youth camp. In fact, it was the last morning of our youth camp. And there was probably around 400 students at this camp. And um, my three or four year old son at the time had a an all-out temper tantrum right at the moment when the band gets really quiet for people to sort of have like a moment of reflection in worship. And so right in that moment, my kid just starts screaming and I, you know, whisked him up. I was a few months pregnant with my third and I take him outside and I talked him through it and everything. And it just was the straw that broke the camel's back. Now that is not that big of a, a, a straw. You know, it wasn't like that big of a situation, but I was just so overwhelmed in life that I started to cry. And what ended up happening was I actually couldn't stop crying. And it was not the kind of cry like, um, you know, just a little tear. It was a full on sob. And the irony of the whole thing was we had cleared out of the camp. We just had that one meeting room left. All the cabins and everything were closed. So I had nowhere to go. So I hid behind a curtain in the main auditorium And just tried to pull myself together and just really struggled. And so a friend of mine just, you know, helped me talk me through it and basically said, you know, Rachel, I think you're tired and you need to go home and sleep before you really, you know, talk about this. And that was so much wisdom. And I think what God was trying to speak to me through that was you are really tired. You're tired of trying to be someone that you're not. And what I discovered through some rounds of counseling that I went to after that scenario or after that situation was that I had sort of created this idea for who I wanted to be. And some of those things were good and right, but some of them were things I thought I had to do or be to be accepted even by God. And so what God began to do was to really dismantle this whole belief system that I had created that I had to sort of, you know, ignore certain parts of me and, um, really become someone else so that I could be accepted into ministry and with friends and by God and all of that. Now, I want to take a second to acknowledge that what I'm talking about is not sin. These were not sinful things. These were just characteristics. And 
They were things like, I'm a very visual person and I love storytelling. And so God has always spoken to me a lot through movies. But um, I had sort of told myself that movies were sort of inherently evil and that, you know, not that all movies were, but, you know, it's very hard to find a movie that's entirely pure and the ones that are, are not always that entertaining. And so I just never went to movies. And I felt like if I did go to a movie, I would feel really guilty, like there was something wrong with me. But the people I was comparing myself to are people who don't enjoy storytelling like I do. So that basis of comparison was was essentially ridiculous. So it was things like that. What happened for me was I began this journey of trying to learn how to be me and trying to quit apologizing for that and quit feeling this sort of inner guilt for who I really am. So the things that I think are funny, the things I like to eat or that I don't like to eat, um, you know, even my mode of communication, things like that, that we don't always realize we're being affected, you know, we're, we're receiving messages that are affecting us in that. So I want to share with you another thing that happened to me right before Grant and I, my husband and I moved to Oklahoma City to plant the church that we pastor now. And so this was in 2013. And we had a summer where we just visited different churches in our city just to see what God was doing there and just, you know, learn from them and, and experience what some of the different churches were. Because if you've been in a church for any length of time, you just don't visit other places. And so we piled the kids in the car and we went to this church that was about 30 minutes drive from us. And we were excited about it. They're a pretty popular church. So it was, you know, just a fun um, time to go check them out. And we got out of the car in the parking lot. And I remember like it was yesterday, piling the kids out of the car in the car seats or, you know, taking them out. And I heard the Lord whisper to me, hey, you're here to see what I'm doing here with this church. I thought, well, that's cool. You know, that's neat. Got the kids checked in and all that. And we're sitting in the auditorium and the very first song, like no introduction or welcome to church. It was one of those where you just start with a song. And the first song was Katy Perry's Baby, You're a Firework. And the girl came front and center stage. She's got, you know, just full on stage presence, just really trendy clothes, the skinny jeans, the big hair, you know, just the really well done hair, just the whole thing. And she's just rocking out to baby your firework. And in my heart, I'm just going to be really honest with you guys. I was straight up judging her. I was like really thinking, well, not so much her as much as the church. Like, what is this song doing in church? And, and, you know, I wish that I was thinking, oh, Lord, do you think I'm your firework or something like that? But in all honesty, I was not thinking that. And before I could really even finish forming my judgment, I got hit with the Holy Spirit, or should I say by the Holy Spirit. Now, before I tell you what happened, it should be a good time to note that a lot of times when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you might have a physical response. So for some people, they might feel heat. Uh, on different parts of their body and their on their head or their hands or whatnot. For some people, they feel this just washing of peace. For some people, it's laughter. They just start spontaneously laughing. And um, for others, it's crying. And I'm one of the tear people. I'm one of those people that when the Holy Spirit is moving, typically I'm crying or I'm choking back tears. And so just bam, I get hit with the Holy Spirit. and I start sobbing in the middle of Baby, You're a Firework or whatever that song is called by... Katy Perry. And my husband looks over at me and he's like, pull yourself together. What is wrong with you? And I'm looking at him thinking the same thing. What is wrong with me? And I don't know how to stop crying. And I don't even know why I'm crying. 
And in the midst of those tears, I heard the Lord say, look at how many people are connecting and letting their walls down because this song is being sung in church. People who would never feel comfortable in a church had it not been for this moment. And I just had this awareness in that moment that what God was doing in this particular church was opening the door for those who don't know Jesus. And I would say this church in our city, that's what they do. They are an amazing um, evangelistic church. They are seeing people saved in droves, and that's the assignment that God has given them. And so it was a great service. We left and I thought, you know, I hope to never have an experience like that with the tears again. Well, a few weeks later, we visited another church and again, the tears began to flow during worship this time. And God began to show me what what calling he had placed or what assignment he had placed on this particular church about worship. And then we visited another church and this one, poor guys, they were in a movie theater and they were like the day we visited half the church was gone at a youth camp. So there was about 20 people in this movie theater, a big theater spread out across all these different rows. And it was really awkward. And after a couple songs of worship, they did the meet and greet time where you're supposed to go shake somebody's hand, but you're having to traverse up and down rows in this movie theater to do that. Well, guess what happened when the meet and greet started? You guessed it. I started sobbing. This was by far the most awkward of all of the scenarios. And I was trying to choke back the tears as people are shaking my hand and introducing themselves. And I'm saying to them, oh my gosh, I'm really okay. I'm really okay. And the Lord began to speak to me and say, Rachel, this is at that time, the most hospitable church in the metro area. And it's interesting because what I proverbially call my trail of tears, not to be offensive to anybody in that, but it just felt like this journey of tears that I was going on through Oklahoma City. Um, At the end of that journey, you know, the only church I would have really wanted to go back to was that movie theater church because there was this grace of love on them that was so profound. So at the end of the summer, after I'd cried my way through many a church in Oklahoma City, I began to hear the Lord talk to me about what he was doing through this journey. And essentially what he began to share with me is, Rachel, when I look at the earth, I want to see a reflection of myself. And, you know, we know that biblically to be true because we're made in his image and we are, you know, a reflection of him. And so he began to show me, you know, when I look down on Oklahoma City, for example, I want to see my whole self reflecting back. I want to see an image of myself there. And he said, but the truth is that there's not one person or one church who can fully embody everything that I am. I am much too complex to be confined into one church or even one person's expression. And he said, so what I've done is I've dispersed myself among all of these different churches, much like Paul talks about the body of Christ, where some are the hand and some are the arm and some are the feet and so on, that God has dispersed himself purposefully so that he can see a reflection of himself on the earth. And this was so impactful to me. Essentially, what he was saying was, imagine God to be like a rainbow where there are so many different colors on that spectrum. And what God was saying is, you know, I am red, I am passionate, I am bold, I am fiery, and I am all the things that red embodies. And so I want my people to reflect that part of me. But as much as I am red, I'm also purple. I'm also regal and majestic and maybe a little bit showy at times. And I'm also 
black. I'm very mysterious and studious and intellectual. And if we're honest, if we go around all the different colors, it's very hard for one person to embody all the different colors of a rainbow. And the Lord isn't even asking you to do that. In fact, what he's asking is for you to do the role he has assigned to you and trust him to take care of everything else. And so what that looks like is if we all play our part, if we all fulfill our calling and our role, then he takes care of making sure it fits together to be the full expression and reflection of him on the earth. So what does this have to do with the art of being you? Well, it's important to understand that who you are actually really matters. Your uniqueness, your specific sense of humor, the hobbies that you delight in, the way you like to spend your time, if you're a morning person or an afternoon person or an evening person or none of them, if you are someone who loves to cook or you love to eat out, all of those different nuances about you, they reflect something of God. And so as long as we are looking at sort of the spiritual leaders, the pastors and the you know, Christian celebrities of the world and saying, oh, that's what God's pleased with. So I need to figure out how to be like them. As long as we're doing that, then we're actually denying God an aspect of his reflection on the earth. Maybe you like to sew or knit and very few people celebrate sewing and knitting. And so maybe there's times where you might feel, you know, a little bit bummed that that's your hobby that's not as mainstream. But when you do that and you do that to the glory of God, it actually gets to be a reflection of him. So that's an interesting example of, you know, a hobby. But this has been the process for me, this journey of saying, okay, Lord, so if it matters to you so much who I am, then how do I learn to be that woman? Or how do I learn to be that man if you're a guy? And how do you give yourself permission to thrive in all the places that God has called you to and also say no to the things that he has not called you to? It takes guts. It takes listening to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It takes obedience to the will of God, but it is absolutely worth it. So the art of being you is really the process of discovering yourself and learning to love that person because that's the person God loves. So how do you discover yourself? What do you do? Well, my first encouragement to you would be to spend some time asking God, Lord, how did you make me? So one thing I really like to do is something we call two-way journaling, where I'll ask the Lord a question. I'll literally write it out in my journal, and then I'll skip a line, and I'll draw an L, and I write a circle around it. And to me, this is just a little symbol that stands for listening, where then I write out what I feel like God is saying in that little portion. So, you know, some people I know use different colors of pens versus when they're writing a question and when they feel like the Lord is speaking to them. Some people I know draw a star or any type of a... um, symbol so that you can, you know, come back and see what the Lord is saying. The reason why it's helpful is because as time goes on and you go back and you read what you feel like God was saying, you will be able to see, was this the Lord or was it not? You know, the Bible tells us to judge the spirit by the fruit. And so for me, this has been one of the ways I've learned to hear God's voice more is by going back and reading my journal and being able to quickly find where it was I was writing down what I felt like God was saying. And I can do that because I can just look for the L with the circle around it. So if you you know are up for it, take that challenge and ask the Lord, who did you make me to be? Another question that's really good to ask God is, what are the characteristics of, my, of me? 
that you really like and let him answer you. Let him share what is meaningful to him about you. I think the answers might actually bring you a lot of life. So those are two ways that we can begin the process of figuring out who we are. And then there's a lot of just trial and error. There's a lot of reflection. There's a lot of asking the Lord, would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you show me? You know, I, I'm when I'm on a journey of trying to understand myself more, I'll look at different personality profiles. I'll read different books. Um, I'll read the Bible. I'll look at, okay, here's the truths that are in the Bible. And in what ways do I see these playing out in my life? And so that's just one of the ways that you can begin the process of figuring out who you are. If you're interested, there's a couple of really great books, resources that I would recommend to you. The first one is a book called Original Breath by a guy named Larry Randolph. And Original Breath is all about just the uniqueness that God created you to be. It's a phenomenal book. It's very encouraging. And it talks about having the courage to be yourself and to be that person that God designed you to be. And the next one I would recommend is a book called The Path by Lori Beth Jones. And this is a book that really helps you figure out your personal mission statement and um, essentially like why you're here on the earth. And there's some amazing exercises in it and different, you know, um, yeah, just different exercises to do that you can reflect on and think through that really help you identify who are you. Because once you know who you are, it's a lot easier to be who you are. And that's what I want to share with you today. So next time we're going to talk about how to deal with the pressures that come from the world, how to not conform to what other people want you to be. But today is really just about understanding that you have a place in this world, that you have a calling, you have a uniqueness. There is literally no one like you. In 7 billion people on the face of this earth, there is no one like you. And God designed it like that intentionally. So today is the day to start making the decision to be you. Start discovering who you are and start practicing loving that person. Because I'm telling you, God loves you exactly as you are. Yes, he's excited about who you're becoming, but he's equally, if not more so, excited about who you really are today. So that's all we've got for the art of being you today. And tune in next time as we deal with some of the negative pressures in the world and how to navigate that on the art of being you. You've been listening to the art of being you with Rachel Horman. Listen, if you liked this content, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plus, share it with your friends via text or social media. If you've been thinking about somebody while you've been listening, share it with them. We'll see you next time.